0: Do him like that. What are you You are listening to High Flyers! Hello everyone and welcome to today's edition of High Flyers, the podcast where we talk about the players who don't get talked about. I'm your host, Caden Angie, as many of you already know, Um, and this is our, I believe it's our sixth podcast this year. Um, I know we missed a couple weeks. Um, We have a lot of current events that we're going to cover. Unfortunately, I wasn't feeling too well, but now I'm healed, as you could probably tell. Um, And before I start, I just want to say a quick note, and that's if you're listening to this podcast, I recommend you to listen to it at 1.5 speed um, if you're doing something during the day. if I I had a couple people listen to my podcast come up to me and I, I talked with them and I'm like, wow, you really sit through 40 minutes of me talking and they're like, nah, it's more like 20, 25 minutes because we play 1.5 or 2 times speed. But I'm like, okay, whatever gets more uh, traction, I guess. So let's start off um as I usually do we're gonna start off with a little bit of a roadmap to get started and so I'm gonna be talking about some current NBA events like I usually do we're gonna do some of the player of the week the high flyer player of the week that we've missed the last couple weeks I think we need to get two of them in um and then we're gonna have a fun game and that fun game is going to be uh listing the top 50 shooting guards in the NBA last season And my reasoning why so as you guys really know I don't like to spend super long on introduction I like to hop right into it so let's just start off right and we're gonna start off today with the high flyers of the week for week 3 so this is NBA week 3 which is the week of October 31st and in the Western Conference I had the player of the week as Devin Vassell, who just had a great week that week, um, scored over 20 points in all four games that week, Spurs got one win, which is against the Bucks that week, I mean, better than nothing, like, the Spurs are tanking, right, um, and then we got, on the East, we got Brooke Lopez, who is putting his Defensive Player of the Year case um, to show, um, he's looked great this year, looked stronger, as I called it, you know what I'm saying, you go back a couple podcasts, who said Brooke Lopez was going to be a great player this year, Um, and those are the two players of the week for week three, which was the week of October 31st, and then the week four, which is this week technically, um, the week of November 7th, we have Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs, so two rookies from last year. Um, two Jalen's too. I didn't even know that occurred, but um, Jalen Green had a great week with the Rockets. He was really efficient. Um, I think they even got a win or two, if I'm being honest. And Jalen Suggs, his passing looked really well this week. Um, low turnover rate. Um, he was playing high quality offense, and that's why he was a player of the week. So those are your West and East player of the weeks. We've had no repeats so far. Um, And yeah, that's all I have for you for that. So now, let's hop into our recent news section. And what should we start with? Hmm. Let's actually start off with something I was just talking about, and it was the Mavericks. So, I don't know. The Mavericks are really weird to me. You know, they have Luka Doncic, which is playing, like, the best basketball in his career. And then they have a bunch of and for lack of a better word, I'm going to call them scrubs because that, that is kind of what they are. And so these players haven't been helping Luka. The coaching staff haven't built around Luka in, a, in like a proper way for them to win games. Check out the statistic that I found, okay? This season, the Mavs have lost to the Nuggets without Jokic and Murray. They've lost to the Pelicans without Zion, Ingram, or CJ. They've lost to the Wizards without Beal or Porzingis. They've lost to the Raptors without Siakam, the Pistons without Cade, and the Magic without Paolo. Like, you're these teams are missing their best players and you're still losing to them? That's just, that isn't crazy. And then an, another stat, right now it's just the start of December, and the Mavs haven't won a road game since October. Like, that's crazy. Um, Jason Kidd, who I said was actually a pretty good coach, his coaching looked absolutely abysmal this year. Um, Luka Doncic has looked great as I've said. Christian Wood is doing a good job in offense, his defense is terrible, but it's kind of what we all expected. And the Mavericks are starting tw- Dwight Dwight Powell. And no team that starts Dwight Powell is going to make it far in the playoffs. Like I just feel like that's so obvious. He's such a bad player. Um, so I, I don't even know what to say I think that the Mavs need to fix a lot with their team I think the usage rate for one of their best players um, Dorian Finney-Smith is ex- extremely low and they need to start to improve that if they want to see a change in their team um, right now, if I'm being honest I'm not even sure that they can make the playoffs this year the playoffs are looking really hard and you look at Luka and Luka's averaging averaging like, the most points per game in the league most um most rebounds for a guard. He's fourth in assists, fourth in steals, um first in triple-doubles, first in 40-point games, right? Like he's carrying them so hard, but what more can he do? Right? Um it's it's really crazy and he's he's had what? Three triple-doubles this season, I feel. Three 40-point triple-doubles this season. So He's putting up crazy stats. I've seen him compared to Oscar Robertson's stats. I've seen him compared to Larry Bird's stats. Um, and he's having a great season. I just think the Mavs need to figure it out. Get him some front court depth. Get him some better wing shooters. Get rid of Reggie Bullock and um, the other guy, Tim Hardaway Jr. They're both terrible. Um, how about we talk about Max Struess for a bit now? Max Strews was a—he was just a bench player last year. I think he was just coming off a two-way contract. He, he played for the Bulls for a bit, I believe. He played for the Celtics for a bit. And then he made his way to the Miami Heat. And I I just always thought that he was that bench guy. I thought he was like Duncan Robinson. Like just a wing guy who can never play defense. Just throw him on the wing side. He shoots threes. This season, he's actually really improved his ability to drive. Which is a strong asset for the Miami Heat. And I haven't seen a single news outlet talk about the improvement that he's had. Like, I was just watching a Raptors game not too long ago, Raptors versus Heat, and Max Truce actually dunked on someone. Like, he has the confidence to go up to the rim against, I think, his OG or a Chiwa or someone, and he actually dunked on them. And I was like, wow, this is actually insane to see a player go from just that standard um, three point shooter, can't do anything else player. But like not even a bad player but to go from someone like that to someone who can get in the paint to that shows aggression it's really impressive to me and I feel like I missed a real opportunity at putting him on my list for a uh, high flyer. I thought he's a one dimensional player but it's looking like he's a, a three dimensional player and I actually wanna, I'm looking forward to a lot of improvement by him this season. So that was just my two cents on Max Strews. I just wanted to give a shout out to him. Um, another shout out I'd like to give is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Who's been absolutely brilliant this year. I, I've been a huge fan of Shea since his time at Kentucky. Which, I don't know if I mentioned it. It's my team, my college. I don't, I don't actually go there. They're just my favorite. And in November, I, he was averaging over 30 points. And he was like the only only one other Thunder finished with 35-5 and five on 50% shooting in a month. And I think you guys can guess who that is. Um, it's not Westbrook. Uh, and so just, I just wanted to give Shea that I think that he should be an all-star this year on a great team. You can put Shea on a great team. He's going to put up the same results saying that just because he plays for OKC that he's getting these results is a foolish argument if you've actually watched him play. Um, and I think that he's going to be an all-star this year. All-star starter, I'm not too sure because we do have Steph Curry and Luka on the backcourt. I mean, maybe if like the NBA, you know, the NBA is rigged sometimes, you know how it goes. They might throw in uh Luka as a small forward and then then that would make sense, I guess, if they want to uh if they want to put Shea as a starter, it wouldn't make sense. I wouldn't be mad about that. Um, so yeah, that's just my little thing on Shea. Another player doing well, similar to Shea is uh Darren Fox, whose offensive game has really improved over Mike Brown and another Kentucky player, I'm really I don't know. I'm I'm kinda happy to see him I'm kinda happy to see him grow a lot this season on offense. Um and just speaking of the Sacramento Kings offense in general, it's been amazing. Um I don't know what the stat was, but there was some crazy statistic about how how well the Sacramento offense has been. Um, I know that Kevin Hoarder has been absolutely brilliant from three, um, and he was a high flyer. I saw this coming, guys. I saw this coming. Um, here, let me pull up this statistic. Actually, I have to see. It. I have to see it. Like Kevin, Kevin Hoarder, he's shooting fifty eight percent on pull up threes. Okay, that that's insane, right? Um, what else are they doing? What else? Uh, we have Jaron Fox. He's, he's a top 10 rim field goal percentage among guards. He ranks first on a minimum 50 attempts. He's shooting 78.3% at the rim. That is absolutely insane, right? I see the aggression in him and, and I don't know. I see something for the Sacramento Kings. They're nine and two since the lighting of the beam, you know, That beam, it has superpowers. I'm telling you, I'm telling you guys. Um, But yeah, I was a huge hater for Sacramento. But I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. But I do think that they will They'll be a difficult team to play for sure. Um, This NBA season. The West is stacked and I love it. The next thing I want to talk about is the resting mentality in the NBA. More and more I see these players rest. Um, I find the concept of rest extremely stupid. Um, I don't know you you're getting paid millions and millions of dollars and you just decide to take a rest Like imagine if that was like an everyday job, right? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing my job. Oh, yeah I feel like resting today. So i'm gonna i'm gonna rest and now imagine if you were getting paid like Upwards of 30 million dollars a year, right? The, that's why i've never been a huge fan of Kawhi leonard. I found him quite soft in my opinion He's always resting all the time Um, but when I see these players rest, especially on the Golden State Warriors, like, they'll play some, now when they have back-to-backs, they'll rest, like, Curry, Clay, Andrew Wiggins, like, what's really the point of that, right? And when they go to Detroit and stuff, that's when they do it. So, like, let's see these Detroit fans, who, who probably paid a lot of money for these tickets, aren't watching them just because they decided to rest. Like, where's the fun in that? I know that Kobe said, like, he doesn't take, he doesn't, Kobe doesn't rest, because, He's putting it all out there for the fans who use their hard-earned money to watch him play, and that's why I respect Kobe so much. He has that he has that mentality that I'm going to say nobody in the league has that mentality that Kobe has, and I don't think anybody will have the mentality that Kobe has. Um and I just need to I just need to share with you guys my thoughts on resting. Uh I think that in the future more and more players are going to rest and it's really just going to suck for the NBA because nobody wants to spend 200 bucks on a ticket to see like the three best players not even play. Why? Because they just don't feel like it, right? So, yeah, I think they got to do something about that. The NBA should do something about that. Adam Silver, I'm talking to you. Um, the next thing I want to talk about were the Bulls and Timberwolves. And this is where my tough take comes in. I have watched countless, countless Bulls and Timberwolves games this year, and I'm going to say that neither team is making the playoffs. Um, the Bulls have looked terrible. Their, um, their front court has been... Ugh, it's disgusting. With Vuce at center, teams are like bullying their way up front, scoring inside. Um, the backcourt, Zach Levine, he just doesn't look right. Um, I don't know what they did, but... Like with the surgery situation last year, there was a lot of, I'm going to say it was a little bit shady, but a little bit shady stuff was going on and uh, Zach Levine doesn't look right and he's one of my favorite players. So it really makes me sad seeing that. Um, Another thing with the Bulls is, I don't know, they just lacked so much depth needed for a team that's successful in the playoffs. And I think there are eight teams that are better equipped than the Bulls to even make the playoffs. The other team, which is more surprising, is the Timberwolves. Um, I don't think the Timberwolves will make the playoffs either. Um, I don't know; they just don't flow together, in my opinion. D'Angelo Russell is a very hot and cold point guard. Um, he's hot some games, and he's absolutely atrocious in other games. Um, Anthony Edwards is is quite good, but not as good as he was last season. He's seen a, like a massive drop in um, in just his his impact in the game. A player who I do give credit to is McDaniels, who has been great for the T-Wolves. Um, also, Cat. Cat's been pretty decent. Um, Rudy Gobert. And, and guys, by the way, I know it's Gobert. I just say Gobert. Just go with it. Uh, Rudy Gobert, he's just... Uh, I don't even know how to describe this guy, man. You trade all those first-round picks for a guy... Gets guess how many rebounds he got yesterday in his in the first game since Cat's injury. One rebound, like five picks for one rebound. You kidding me? If I was a Timberwolves fan, I I would be. Oh, I don't even want to say it. But if I was a Timberwolves fan, I'd be in shambles. So I'm sorry, Timberwolves fans. I don't think you guys are making the playoffs. Um, even though I'm pretty sure I said you guys would uh, previously. But that was before I started watching you. Another thing is the Killian Hayes craze. That's what I'm going to call this, the Killian Hayes craze. Um, first off, my brother told me Killian Hayes is going to pop off this season. I said, no, he's not. He's trash. I don't know. Maybe it's because Cade's out, right? Killian Hayes has kind of, last few games, he's been doing good. And it's really surprised me. He has the tools needed, like possibly to shape into a solid rotation player um and it's actually saying a lot okay like you might say oh yeah solid rotation player but it's actually a lot i i thought that he'd go back to france just how bad he is but just watching him i i watched the game with him on uh, uh versus dallas a couple days ago and he scored 14 points on six for seven field goals in the last 10 minutes of the game Extremely clutch, including like a crazy good three pointer, right? Um, he finished with twenty two points, um, and like eight assists, and and like in his last thirteen games, he's averaging like twelve points and six assists, which is solid. And he's shooting thirty eight percent from three, which really surprised me too. Um, and what else about Killian Hayes? I don't know. He's he's really putting the pieces together. I know, and I just want to say kudos to him. He's he's in the pick and roll situations. He's passing it well. Um, he was always a decent defender, which is a good thing about him. Um, and he's just applying that ball pressure with screen navigation. Um, he's just looking really good this season. Um, in his last couple games, he's not like I'm not gonna say he's dangerous, but. He could prove to be. I, I. He's not too old either. I think he's. He's still quite young. He's maybe twenty three years old. I'm gonna say Killian Hayes. So there's still hope for Killian. And uh, yeah, shout out for saying that he would actually improve this year. You know, we believed in you, Killian. If you're listening to this, I mean, I didn't. Um, <laughs> and so that's all I have for breaking news next episode which will release not too far from now I'm going to record them back-to-back actually Um, and in that episode I'll be covering all the rest of the breaking news leading up to Friday December 2nd which is the day in which Chris Middleton is making his comeback and currently right now I have that on my other screen and might I say he's looking quite good so let's get on with the second portion of the podcast Okay, everyone, let's skip over to our second part of this podcast, and that is the list part of the podcast. So I'm going to be ranking the top 50 shooting guards in the NBA during the 2021-2022 NBA season, and we're going to start with number 50. At number 50, we have Terrence Ross um didn't have the best season everybody thought that he was gonna go to a contending team but never had the chance to and therefore he was left as one of the I'm gonna say best players on the magic and so he comes up at number 50 number 49 is Lonnie Walker the fourth and now that I look at this list again I can I can really see that um a lot of these players improved a lot this season and I'm happy to see that one of these players is Lonnie Walker having a great season this year but last year I ranked about 49 not the most efficient player played on the Spurs who are a subpar team and number 48 we have Kevin Horder, who also decent defender decent shooter but really didn't have the usage percentage or chance to shine with the Atlanta Hawks which is why he's doing better with the Kings number 47 we have Grayson Allen another sharpshooting three-point shooter who is very very good for the Bucks last season However, his defensive liabilities um, prevented him from being any higher on this list. Number 46, we have Malik Beasley. Um, Malik Beasley was a solid player, even after he pointed a shotgun at his child. (laughs) Um, He's a solid player. I think that he can go to compare this year too. There's nothing extremely special about him. He takes a lot of shots, um, and his shooting percentage isn't great, but his scoring ability is quite good. Um, He's quite good at three-pointers too. Um and then we're gonna have forty five, Chris Duarte, who's a rookie last season, and really impressed everyone, um, with his performances with the Indiana Pacers. Um, although he's a little bit older than a lot of the other rookies. At number forty four, we have Iodosumu, who played a lot of a shooting guard role last year, even though he plays more point guard role this year. Um, and he was also a very solid rookie, solid defense. Um he really needs to improve his offense, and he's doing that this year. Number 42, we have Jalen Noel. And Jalen Noel um, is one of my favorite players on Timberwolves. Extremely underrated bench score. He can drop, um, I'd say if you put him on a team that used him more, he could drop 15 points a game, minimum. Um, and he also has pretty good defensive rotations. Um, so that's pretty good. And then number 41, we have Terrence Mann from the, um, Terrence Man from the Clippers, and he had a great season last year, Kawhi missed a lot of games, Terrence Man had to take that up, the Clippers almost made the playoffs, and that's pretty impressive, um, so that's why he's there, and then we have, oh shoot, I forgot number 43, number 43 is Luke Kennard, who's just a great shooter, but not good, not very good at anything else, number 40, oh wow, very similar, Tim Hardaway Jr., um, he's an okay shooter, okay defender He takes a lot of shots very inconsistent player um he was good a couple years ago on the knicks and he was good i believe it was two years ago on the mavericks but then slowly he's starting to fall off more and more and he was injured for a lot of last season number 39 we have justin holiday who's a very solid defender which is why he puts himself a little bit higher than everyone who was below him on the list just his defensive chops number 38 is evan fournier who, I mean, he's a very hot and cold player, too. I think the Knicks moved him to the bench early last season just because of how cold he was, and they signed him to a big contract. But he's a pretty decent player. Just watch him for France, and he's he's quite good with them. Um. Number 37, we have Malik Monk, who had a great year with the Lakers last year off the bench, kind of revitalizing his career. And he's kind of doing the same with Sacramento. He's looking really good, if you ask me um number 37 i mean oh my god what's with me and my numbers number 36 eric gordon and eric gordon he's been just riding the bench the last couple seasons kind of feel bad for him but uh he's still a solid player and i think you put him you put him with a competitor he would work really well with them number 35 i have jordan clarkson who took kind of a fall off um he's gonna go up for sure this year he's playing great with the jazz i'm not gonna say great actually because he is a ball hog in my opinion But that's why he's so low. He's kind of a ball hog in my opinion. He takes a lot, a lot, a lot of shots. Doesn't shoot too great. Um, He has some really good handles. But to be honest, I'm not huge on that showy stuff. Um, So, number 34, we have former all-star Victor Oladipo. Who sadly, his uh, career is slowly deteriorating. Um... But he still has, I don't know, he still has the tools to be a decent player. So that's why he's at 34. 33 is Gary the II, who had one of the best defensive seasons for a shooting guard last season um, with the Warriors. He played absolutely amazing, and he shot great from three. And then we have another Gary on 32. We have Gary Harris with the Magic. He played a great um, offensive and defensive role with them. Which really impressed me. I thought that his offense was done after the Denver Nuggets traded him away. Number 31, I have DeAnthony Melton. Um, last season, he was playing for the Memphis Grizzlies, where he was great at facilitating the ball, shooting the ball, um, and now he's gone to the Sixers, where he's doing a very similar style of play. Number 30, it might be a little bit more controversial, but I have Karis Levert. I have him quite low because I don't really trust Car Levert. I was actually at the Raptors game against the Cavs uh, a couple nights back, and he airballed five shots. Like, how is that even possible? How are you in the NBA if you do that? Um, extremely inconsistent player, takes so many shots, um, but he's not bad by any means. I just think that the players that I put ahead of him are better players than him, at least last year. Now at 29, we have Alex Caruso. Alex Goat. Caru- um, Great defensive player Hustle Maestro um, Really, really solid piece of the Chicago um, Bulls A piece that they're really missing right now Number 28, we have Derek White And Derek White now plays for the Boston Celtics Doing a great job He's actually a very good rebounder a Pretty solid defender And a great shooter from three it was an amazing pickup for the boston celtics last season i believe um then number 27 we have buddy healed who would also probably do better on a competitor and the funny thing about buddy healed is i always thought that he'd be one of the best players in the league when he first entered um when he's playing for the pelicans i was like damn this guy's gonna be one of the best players in the league and i'm like wow well, look now <laughs> number 26 i have will barton who had a great season with the denver nuggets he played a key role in the absence of michael porter jr and jamal murray as i don't know if he was set actually was he i'm gonna say he was probably the second option scorer on the nuggets last year besides jokic um number 25 we have the guy that they traded him for Kentavious caldwell pope so kcp is essentially will burn but better in every way especially defense um and he's been doing pretty well inside De- Denver especially defensively. Number 24, we have Seth Curry, just like his brother, Seth is an amazing amazing shooter. He spent time with the 76ers as well as the Nets last season and did well for both. This season not so much, but I think that he's slowly improving. Number 23, I have Jalen Green. Last season, he was extremely inconsistent, um, putting up 4 points and then 40 points. Um, and because of this, I have him quite low as well. He cannot play a spick of defense, so that's a major con. But besides that, I think that he has the offensive skills to become like in a very good offensive player. Um, I don't want to say as good as um, Anthony Edwards, below Anthony Edwards, but still a solid offensive player. Um, Number 22, I have Bogdan Bogdanovich Great player for the Hawks He's just he's very consistent. He gets those 15 points per game, especially when you need it Um, solid wing-based player Uh, He's been injured a lot for this season, but he's gonna come back. I think he's gonna be stronger this season. That's good Number 20. I have Colin Sexton Colin Sexton um, didn't have the best season, or didn't have the best few games, I should say, with the Cavs last season. Didn't have a lot of playing time. However, um, not the worst player in the world, right? Um, pretty good at defense. He has good aggression. Um, he can drive really well to a basket. And this season with Utah, I feel like he's a bit underused. But once they give him more minutes, once I believe they'll trade Conley, I think we'll see the real Colin Sexton. At 19, we have Anthony Simons, who took up the load for Damian Lillard um, during the season last year, where Damian, Dame was out for a really long time. Um, his three point shooting looked great. At um, 18, we have Lou Dort, an amazing defender for OKC. Lockdown. People are scared of him. He has amazing defense, and that's why he's above some of these offensive players. At 17, we have Tyler Hero, who this is also a controversial thought, but even though he won six man of the year, he was playing against benches the whole time so and he also lacks any sort of defensive ability so that is why i put him at 17 with rj barrett at 16 rj barrett's not as consistent offensively but he's a consistent defender and i hope that his offense carries um i don't know it gets better number 15 i have spencer dinwiddie who was quite good in the playoffs for the Dallas Mavericks and towards the end of the season. I didn't initially think that he'd fit, but he's actually looking like a pretty good fit. Number 14, I have Terry Rozier, who's an offensive firepower. Um, last year, at least. This year, he misses most of his shots. <laughs> and Terry's small, but he gets it done, you know? Number 13, I got Norman Powell, Stormin' Norman. One of my favorite players, and there's no bias in me putting him there. He's a brilliant, brilliant player. Um, shoots extremely well, defends well. His only problem is he's small, but really is that is that really a problem? I don't know. He's doing great for the Clippers in the last couple games. I feel like he could take a huge offensive load with Kawhi and uh Paul George out. And so now we're at number twelve, Gary Trent Jr. And Gary Tran jr. Had a great season great at defense. He was aggressive getting all those steals for the Raptors um, Cooking up them threes. He got I think he's averaging 18 19 points per game looking great um, And I hope to see that continue it hasn't been looking that way so far, but you know what time will tell he's only 23, right? Number 11 We have Jordan Poole who just signed a huge contract and has totally stolen money from the Warriors because his play has been nowhere near um, Nowhere near as good as how much he's getting paid. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, But I also think that they should start Jordan Poole over Clay Thompson. But that's my tough case. Even though Clay Thompson's playing really good the last couple games. Speaking of Clay, he's at number 10. He's a legend in the game. Cannot disrespect him. Um, one of the best shooters of all time. So he's going to come at number 10 on the shooting guards list. Number 9 is Desmond Bain from the Memphis Grizzlies. Who is one of the best shooters in the league. And I believe that he's could be one of the best shooters of this generation. Um, he's just brilliant from outside the arc. Putting up crazy good statistics. He's injured unfortunately right now. But I hope he recovers quickly and comes back. And everything is well with him. At number 8 I have Anthony Edwards. Who I touched on before. Great offensive firepower. Can score from all 3 levels. Actually you know a cool fact is that Anthony Edwards worst skill is actually layups. Um, like percentage-wise, which is actually an interesting fact. And seven, we have Bradley Beal. Um, just a decent season from Bradley Beal after a crazy good season last year. I mean, the year before, CJ McCollum, same type of deal. As soon as he went to the uh, Pelicans, everything seemed to switch for him in a positive manner. Um, he started to become like that kind of point guard, shooting guard. A lot of passing involved in his game too, and I really like that. Number five, I have Jalen Brown. And Jalen Brown, like I said, brilliant two-way player. Went to the finals, second option in the finals. Deserving of that number five spot. Number four spot goes to DeJounte Murray, who's going to be playing a lot of shooting guard minutes this year. Um, And this was with the Spurs. He was an all-star. He broke a ton of records. He played amazing. Need I say any more? No. Number three, we've got Donovan Mitchell. Who, although Jazz weren't as good as the years, like, he wasn't as good as the year before, I think. But he still put up solid season with solid stats. Rudy did hold him back, I think. And that's why he's number three. Number two, we have Zach Levine, who had a brilliant season last year, and I need him to pick it up this year. Please, Levine, pick it up, pick it up, man. And number one, you have Devin Booker, who just dropped, I think it was 50, 60 points a couple days ago. You know, that's just showing how he's still number one on that list um and that's all i have for you so um since there's gonna be a podcast coming right after this hopefully our goodbye won't be that um like long stretched i don't know the word for it um but yeah i'm excited to see you guys next week on high flyers wherever you are you know how it goes good night good morning good evening wherever you are um and tune into the next episode we're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about um a whole bunch of stuff you know nba news we're gonna talk about the mid-season so far awards right so tune in to the next episode of high flyers good night good morning good evening i already said that see ya